Okay, welcome back to PT Meal Podcast, a buffet of play, therapies, movement, exercises, activities, and leisure, all packed in a hearty conversation of the physical therapy profession and practice with a Filipino flavor. I'm Johan De La Paz, your host. Thanks for dropping by. So if you're new to the podcast, could you do me a favor and subscribe to us wherever you're listening from? This podcast is available in your favorite podcast streaming apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many more. So you can also catch us uh, in YouTube to see our beautiful faces and subscribe there as well if you want to be in the loop on fresh episodes, updates, interview snippets, research abstracts, or educational materials. Follow our social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And as always, uh, we have an exciting episode for you today. So I have in the podcast a former physical therapist with a truly unique and incredible and inspiring experience. Um, Dr. Eric Anthony Galvez is uh, was a former uh, was a physical therapist who was diagnosed with a golf ball sized brain tumor in 2005. A month later, he undergone surgery to remove it. Now he's an active uh, member of the APTA Oncology and an IPT HOPE, or the International Physiotherapists for HIV-AIDS, Oncology, and Palliative Care Empowerment. He also wrote two books about his journey. First is entitled Reversal, When a Therapist Becomes a Patient, and his latest book, Awakening, Becoming a Brain Tumor Thriver. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Eric Galvez. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Thank you for coming to this program. I'm, I'm excited to what we're yeah. about to talk about uh, today. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Johan. This, this is very exciting for me. Like, I haven't done a whole lot with the uh, Filipino community. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm actually a Filipino-American. So mm-hmm. I was very excited when you contacted me. I was like, hey, this is this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so excited to hear about, you know, your story because it's really unique. I mean... Um, nobody wants to, you know, to have that happen to us, but, you know, things happen. So, um, could you share us, share to us your, the, the, the story of when you found out that you had, you know, uh, a brain tumor, you're, you're, you know, um, and how, you know, when you discover that, how long of a physical therapist have you been? And, yeah, well, and what you know the, the journey from from that to now okay well i graduated from physical therapy school at the university of michigan in mm-hmm. uh 2003 mm-hmm. and you know it's i was in michigan and it's cold there so right you know, i decided to move to san diego california to start my uh physical therapy career mm-hmm. and i worked for about a year and a half and that's when i was diagnosed with a gulf ball sized brain tumor between the uh, brainstem and the cerebellum. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very uh, dangerous spot. And right. um, yeah, it, it was just insane. Like I, I was having um, a lot of symptoms of uh, nausea, dizziness, and headaches. Uh-huh. And honestly, I just kind of blew it off. I thought I was just maybe, you know, enjoying life too much, I guess. The stress. You know, symptoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, then I started getting facial numbness, and that's when I decided to actually get things checked out because a lot of the symptoms are are not normal. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, what they did, what, what they did a, a stat MRI, like in the middle of the week, you know, I just started working. So I was thinking that, you know, maybe, you know, now that I'm a professional, you know, they're pulling some strings for me, but, you know, apparently they found a, the golf ball sized brain tumor between the brainstem and the cerebellum. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, you know, as we once knew as physical therapists, you know, mm-hmm. the, the brainstem is extremely important. Right. So, I mean, it, it had me totally uh, surprised and scared at the same time because, you know, when I first moved out to San Diego, California, like I, I was very physically active. I was doing triathlons. I was just getting into surfing and I was running a lot of road races. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it took everybody by surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like at the time in 2005, the only time you, you heard about brain tumor survivors was when someone famous got one and someone famous passed away from a brain tumor. Right. So I was very, I was very, very, very intimidated and very scared about what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just a, a crazy thing. And, you know, I was, I was 30 at the time. So like, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't, I didn't have a family yet. So mm-hmm. like, I didn't have a whole lot to worry about. So, you know, who do, do I call? I called, you know, my parents. Cause like, you know, you don't know what to do in, in that type of situation. So, you know, my, my parents are both uh, med techs uh, in, here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So they had a little bit of medical background, but, you know, at the same time, they didn't know a whole lot about, you know, brain tumors or right. even rehabilitation. So I was just in a very weird position because I had to, like, you know, explain to them what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, trying to take it all in and trying to digest how serious everything was. Right. Uh, was there a, a sense of urgency once the diagnosis was uh, confirmed? Uh, yeah. Well, no. they they is... wanted to they wanted to do a surgery right away. It took about a month to get myself scheduled mm-hmm. uh, for the craniotomy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So. You know, th- there was definitely some sense of urgency because, you know, the the good news was the brain tumor that I had was a meningioma, so it's a slow growing, uh, brain tumor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we tried to get in as quick as we could. It took about a month for, well, uh, yeah, it, it took about a month to actually get onto the operating table. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I was I was thirty thirty years old. And, you know, at the time, you didn't hear a whole lot about brain tumors. So That's correct. it was yeah. just a very, very scary time in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very rare to to hear about anyone having brain tumors, especially someone healthy in, in, yeah. in the prime of their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. So after your surgery, what happened then? Did you start? uh rehabilitating right away well that that was the thing like uh i treated a few brain tumors uh, when i worked acute care mm-hmm. at the hospital and i actually had a uh, surgery where i used to work so a lot oh. of my co-workers and uh-huh. physicians were were my medical team right which was kind of awkward at first uh-huh. but you know i, I definitely felt safe you uh-huh. know i made the procedures and I knew the way things ran, but you know, m- most of the uh, brain tumor patients that I did see, you know, were were only in 
the uh, post-op ICU for like a day or two. I was there for like a week. I was there for like, I think seven to nine days. I, I can't, I can't remember exactly, but I was there for a while. Like I was actually in a, uh, a medically induced coma for, for a good seven, six days. So yeah, it was, it was just a very scary time for everyone, especially my family. So mm -hmm. you know, that, that was what I was most worried about. Right. Okay. So what were the, um, you know, impairments that, uh, that you got from the surgery or from the, that, you know, brain tumor being in that area? Yeah. Well, that, that was the thing, like, um, mm -hmm. You know, the brainstem and the cerebellum. So I've mm -hmm. got a lot of ataxia. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you remember your anatomy, but like, you know, there's so long ago. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but, yeah, a lot of the cranial nerves are in that in that, yeah, in that area. area. So there's a lot of uh, decussations and crossings. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've got impairments on bilateral sides. So mm -hmm. I've got ataxia on the left and uh, intention tremor on the right. Mm -hmm. you no, know, but you know the like the tumor was actually at the cerebello pons angle, so mm -hmm. um a a lot of things like your heart rate, your breathing rate, you know a lot a lot of important uh basic body functions are in that area. So mm -hmm. I was very scared about you know number one about the surgery, and then number two, more importantly, how it was going to be after the surgery. Exactly right. Um. So, after surgery, after uh the the tumor was removed, um, was being a physical therapist uh help you with your road to recovery? Were you more, you know, uh, in you know active, so to speak? You're the one initiating it because you've treated patients. Uh, with uh, that underwent that same procedure before. Oh yeah, being a physical therapist definitely helped. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was more beneficial for my parents because, like, I had to. I kind of explained to them what was going on, and it kind of kept me level headed at the same time. Mm -hmm. But you know, as a, as a regular patient, I was freaking out because, mm -hmm. like. You know, this is very, very delicate. It, mm -hmm. The brain is a very delicate area. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and your your book was really apt. Uh, the title was really apt. Reversal from physical therapist yeah. to, to patient. And now you're on the other end trying yep. to get back to your highest function. So what was the um, biggest impact on of, of that experience uh, in your personal life well you know it, it's very humbling like mm -hmm. i mean you know i'm the kind of guy that likes to know what's going on and likes to prepare for everything but you know it was very frustrating because you know i knew what had to be done to progress you know in terms of rehabilitation mm -hmm. but i was unable to do it i'm mm -hmm. just now starting to get a, a lot of function back so i've i've looking forward to returning to driving a car uh -huh. again. and then like I, I've, I've progressed from being in a wheelchair to a walker to crutches now 
mm-hmm. uh, to one crutch and I'm starting to walk around without anything. Okay. You know, very slow, but you know, it it's been 17 years, but you know, a lot a lot of the impairments have improved at least a little bit. So mm-hmm. you know, I think we can see more functional gains now. Mm-hmm. Right. And in terms of your uh profession, uh you're unable to your practice now. How how was that? That that was honestly that was oh. a very tough pill to swallow because mm. You know, in terms of physical therapy school, you do what four years of undergrad, three and a half years of grad school, right? Your boards and get your specialization. So, you know, all that went out the window because a lot of my impairments are are physical in, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, balance and coordination. So I couldn't return to work as a as a PT. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, you know, writing a book. I actually writing two books. I ended up starting a. Uh, cancer nonprofit that focused on you know uh the young adult survivors because mm-hmm. you know the young adult cancer survivors are a very uh unique uh mm-hmm. demographic just because we're we're not in the pediatric you know we're not the pediatric survivors where you know like everyone's looking out for you mm-hmm. and we're not the older older cancer patients like our grandparents or whatnot so mm-hmm. You know, we're in that weird weird space where we're not quite a kid and we're not quite you know the the mm-hmm. older adult so right. yeah you're you're kind of uh you're treated like a, an independent person and yet you're you survive this experience exactly. yeah and, and those uh two uh sets of your know, population at the end are are taken care of yeah because they're more you know there's they're you know, more needs for pediatrics and geriatrics. Hmm. Um, so how, how was the, how did the experience change your perception um, as a physical therapist and living that experience as a, as a patient? Yeah. You, you know, it, it's very interesting. You mentioned that because, oh. you know, as, as a physical therapist, you know, you work what eight hours a day, go home mm-hmm. and do your own thing. But, you know, right. as a patient, you know, your impairments are with you all the time, 24-7, uh, seven days a week. So, like, you know, that that's just something that was very, very, like, I mean, at, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, if, if I have to get up and go go to the bathroom or go get something to eat, mm-hmm. you know, I still have those impairments there. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just very eye-opening. And, you know, just going out in, in public, you know, at first when I was in the wheelchair, wow. you know, I, I think, I don't know if a lot of physical therapy students do this, but, you know, there's uh, patient simulations that that a lot of classes used to do. I don't know if it's, if, if it's accurate anymore, if they still do that. But, like, you know, being, being in a wheelchair, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, experiencing how people respond to you, mm-hmm. and it was, it was just very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in school, I... I... I remember trying to role play as you know uh, as a uh, patient in a, in a wheelchair, but that's short term. You can you, yeah. you just do that for 10, 10 minutes or so, doing right. you know being a patient and being assessed and stuff like that. But you're actually there uh, living it, and um, you know I I, I don't want to com- I don't want to compare my experience uh, to to your experience, but you know um, having a, a condition that your patient 
um complaints about like for example if if you know i had a, a severe back pain before some sciatica and it gave me a different perspective in um what do you call it appreciation on what patients are telling me and i and i guess that is same with you having being in that you know situation that you're you're living it as right. as a patient um so you mentioned uh, uh about creating a nonprofit. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So uh can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's it was very interesting because uh -huh. like, you know, at the time uh you know, we, we were talking a little bit earlier about the uh young adult cancer survivors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a very neglected uh demographic. Mm -hmm. And I went to a couple young adult cancer survivor conferences and I got to meet some some people from like the uh Livestrong Foundation way back when when it was when it was when it was very active uh -huh. but um, yeah it, it inspired me to start something specifically for you know the newly diagnosed and mm -hmm. you know, one of one of the main things is that uh when you're diagnosed with cancer or some other disease you want to find people that are like you and you want to hear about their experiences and that that was something that I wanted to organize and mm -hmm. just kind of help people people feel a little bit better about their situation mm -hmm. so we like the nonprofit that I started it was called mass kickers mm -hmm. and we de-emphasized the m so we were ass kickers, ass -kickers. <laughs> yeah, you know, I figured you know a lot of cancer nonprofits you know they took up the heartstrings of people mm -hmm. And I wanted something a little bit more, more empowering, something with a little bit of attitude. So mm -hmm. it's very subtle. And, you know, that that was just something that I felt like there needed to be just more of a fighting attitude, or especially towards cancer. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's why we started it. And it, it was kind of cool because, you know, we actually took survivors to other parts of literally other parts of the world to talk about a proactive life after cancer. Mm -hmm. We went to the Philippines. Mm -hmm. We've been to Japan. We've been to South Africa, um, Belgium, wow. and of course, uh, Canada. Mm -hmm. So like, we, we did a lot of traveling, you mm -hmm. know, internationally. And then uh, COVID hit. Uh -huh. So oh, that's we top had to shut down the nonprofit. Uh-huh. Gotcha. But yeah, it's uh, raising awareness on, on that topic. Of you know, uh, with cancer that had that hit young adults. Um, I, I I mean, if we talk about cancer, not many people would think about young adults as a, a demographic for yeah. for it. Yeah, people who are just starting their lives, being you know, because they're you know health, and then getting that cancer. Aside from that, uh, your nonprofit. What are uh, the things that you do now with the APT Oncology and uh, and IPT Hope. Oh uh, yeah, well, um, with the APTA, um, mm -hmm. I'm actually the membership chair for the Balance and Falls Sig. Mm -hmm. Now, I I consider myself a retired physical therapist mm -hmm. now, so I'm not actually practicing, mm -hmm. but um, I I still feel like in I can add a lot of input into what what the direction the uh you know, the, the balance and policy is going mm -hmm. in. Uh, we actually started um, a, a program with the, or 
we incorporated a program from the CDC. It's mm -hmm. called the Steady. Steady. Mm -hmm. it, it's a it's a balance um, assessment, mm -hmm. a community balance assessment. So we we tried doing that last year with uh, oncology patients, mm -hmm. but again, co the COVID, COVID thing kind of made <laughs> things difficult. Uh -huh. So this uh, past October or September, uh, we we collaborated with the APTA. Uh, uh, geriatrics and the mm -hmm. Academy of Neurophysical Therapy. Yeah. So we did like we did a lot of like social media posts and we tried doing some balance screenings also. So yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Trying to stay active. In <laughs> right. Um, I'm I'm a member of the APTA geriatrics uh, oh, okay. as well. So I heard about the collaboration of uh, Neuro Onco and, and okay. geriatrics and okay. uh, falls and. and you're really in, in a unique position to, you know, you voice out your perspective and insight about that since uh, that. Um, how about, tell us more about IPT, IPT Hope. Oh, I, I, mm -hmm. uh, it's very, it's uh, an international organization. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a conference every two years. I think uh, this coming uh, fall, it's in, um, it's in Dubai. Mm -hmm. Or no, it's in the spring, but it's actually in Dubai. So a lot of physical therapists from different countries. Um, are are you familiar with World Physiotherapy? World Physio, yeah, formerly uh, World Confederation of Physical Therapists. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think that's right. Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, there, there's a, a special interest group that focuses on HIV, AIDS, oncology, and palliative care. Mm -hmm. So it, it turned out one of my uh, professors from uh, physical therapy school is the director mm -hmm. of IPT Hope, mm -hmm. uh, and I asked her if she needed any, any help with anything. And you know, I was kind of the nerd in my uh, physical therapy class. <laughs> I created a a website for uh, our class. You know, oh. before social, this was before before social media. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so she was like, "Yeah, we could definitely use help with our website." So. Mm -hmm. it, you know, if you just go to ipthope.com, I uh -huh. put the whole thing together. So, oh wow, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, All right, it's been very interesting. So, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, it's so cool meeting therapists from other mm -hmm. other parts of the world. True, so, true. really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And and you get to uh, practice. I mean, practice, so to speak, what you what you're you've learned and and share your unique insights there. Um, so with this you know whole journey your whole experience uh what 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 lesson uh have you learned that you know other physical therapists can uh learn from as well well you know first off i i think that you know in, in, you got to remember that the patients that you meet and the patients that you're uh that you're working with are are humans and mm -hmm. you got to realize that especially when they're being when they're being kind of uh di disagreeable mm -hmm. you know so there, there's definitely a reason why they're di being difficult or whatnot so mm -hmm. you know i think that that's the main thing you got to just remember that there's a human side to the, the patient mm -hmm. and you just got to remember that like you know, there, the, there's always a way. Like, uh, one of the things that they really harped on us in uh, physical therapy school was, you know, functional goals. 
-hmm. And I think occupational therapy does a great job of this, but, you know, find out what your, find out what your patient really wants to do and mm -hmm. what, the, what their, what their goals are. And, you know, just apply that to whatever, your, whatever exercises or walk, walking goals that you have, you know, mm -hmm. this is where I, I think I, I enjoyed physical therapy the most was being creative, uh -huh. you know, use that create creativity to, you know, make, make your sessions more enjoyable for both the patient and for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that the, I just added motivation in, yeah. in, in that, in the session. Um, you mentioned about like, like looking at the, the human side of, of patients. When you were in, 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 in therapy, have you had that experience of, you know, oh, this is what my patient was talking about, you know, when when you're doing the the PT for them? Have you had that like aha moment or epiphany? Uh, yeah, well, you know, one of the things that, like I like to think that I wasn't a difficult patient, uh -huh. but you know, looking back on things, I think I might have been, uh -huh. just because like I knew the therapist very well, and I knew the the procedures in the hospital. Uh -huh. So I, I, I used to like to give everyone a hard time. <laughs> I would pretend to fall and uh -huh. whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm kind of a goofball. So like, <laughs> I like to joke around, but uh -huh. um, yeah, like I, I, th I think you know. I don't think that people didn't like working with me, but I, <laughs> I think it could have been difficult. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, well, I've got some therapists that worked with me, though. Uh, were you working with your former uh, co-workers? <laughs> oh, okay. These are the people I used to go to lunch with. Uh -huh. These are the people I used to go to happy hours with. So, uh -huh. like, you know, uh -huh. there, there was definitely a relationship before, mm -hmm. you know, before the actual uh -huh. patient relationship, so. Uh, yeah. definitely your strength situation uh, right right you can imagine I think for me if like if I become a, a, a patient might be a little difficult because uh, you know I, I like to say things <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so but I would be stubborn as well <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, for since we're trying to educate um, also those who are have survived the experience uh, what what do you want to share with any brain tumor survivors that might be listening to our episode today? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I I think if you really want to do something, you just have to be creative. Mm -hmm. Like I think, and anything is still possible. It's just you know it might not be exactly the way that you think it's going to happen. Like mm -hmm. I really think if you really want to do something, you know th there is a way to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just you have to figure it out, and that that that's always been the fun part for me. I mm -hmm. I always love solving puzzles. Mm -hmm. All right, and what helped you with you know in this journey aside from being a physical therapist? What other things outside your control was able to you know uh, assist you in, in this journey of uh, recovery? Well, you know, honestly, I think it's all about family and friends. Mm -hmm. You know, they were. Uh, you know, at times kind of annoying, but, mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, you know, they, I knew they were looking out for me. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that support system is extremely important. Mm -hmm. you know, I think um, uh, a lot of times some some patients don't have that, you mm -hmm. know, and I think just being Filipino in general, you know, that the, the family structure is very, 
is very strong. So I mm-hmm. think that definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Support system is really important when we're um, going through that. Um, you've been, I know you've talked to a lot of like uh, events already and, and shared your stories. Uh, you may have like, have answered, you know, different questions from that uh, engagement, talking, speaking engagement. What, um, what questions do you wish people would ask you that not many people would, you know, take time to ask? Well, that that's a really great question. Like, mm. I think like when I speak, like I, I do a lot of uh, speaking engagements, mm-hmm. to physical therapy programs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I love speaking to students because mm-hmm. they always uh, keep me on my toes and mm-hmm. uh, I'm the kind of guy that'll answer anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've gotten some, some pretty interesting questions. Like I mentioned uh, to one of them, or one class that I, I'm kind of a dork and I'm a Star Wars fan. So we, we had this really long discussion about like, which is the best uh, Star Wars movie. So, <laughs> you know, which by the way is, I think Return of the Jedi, but you know, people <laughs> don't agree with me. So, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, I'm sorry, I got off the, what was the question? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, question that you wish uh, people would ask you that you know not many people would ask or me forget to ask. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, one of the things that really got on my nerves at the beginning was like when people would assume that I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, always ask someone before you or before you do anything before you uh, help someone out. Ask them if they want help instead mm-hmm. of just doing it. Like. Um, standing up, like I, I had this big. I think I went to like some restaurant, and this was when I was in the wheelchair, and I was trying to stand up to reach something. And some big, big tall guy uh, just came over and picked me up, and I was like, "That's okay, I'm, I'm all right." Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I understand being helpful, but mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, you, you need to you need to respect their their space, mm-hmm. and you know. Ask them, ask them if they actually want the help. So, uh, right, because sometimes uh, we we tend to see people with conditions as a weak or or uh, unable to do some stuff. So that's why we we go ahead and help. But in, in truth, they want to do stuff on their own. Right, I right. Mean, right. So, uh, talk to us about your 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 books. You started the the first one you wrote two years after uh you you had your 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 diagnosis and surgery and uh, the latest one was uh you you made it 2018 so tell, tell, talk to us about those two books and what made you write them yeah well you know honestly the, the first book is called reversal mm-hmm. when a therapist becomes a patient Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I remember reading those books that we had to read in uh, physical therapy school. And, you know, I, I couldn't relate to them at all. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was going through everything, I was I was keeping a blog. I don't know if people still do that. But, um, yeah, I just decided to share certain blog posts as a book. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually, I don't know how I did this, but I got my... Uh, my mom, my dad, my brother, my friends, and some of my physical therapists who actually were my friends also 
mm-hmm. you know, to contribute essays uh, mm-hmm. to the book. On what it was like to have a colleague or a family member going through all all the uh, all the trials and tribulations of having a a brain tumor survivor. Mm-hmm. As you know, just just to kind of give everyone an idea of what you know the family is going through or the mm-hmm. friends are going through when someone young has has to go through something devastating like a, a brain tumor diagnosis and it's very applicable to other young young uh patient demographics mm-hmm. yeah so that that was my first book reversal the mm-hmm. second book was called awakening and mm-hmm. that's just basically again blog posts of when i decided to start my uh cancer nonprofit. Mm-hmm. so um yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, feel inspired by, you know, starting their own organization. But, you know, this is just talk. This book just talks about how I did it. So mm-hmm. you know, that's what the second book is. Mm-hmm. And I, I I love the the part that you the, the title, which is when you include a thriver is so people would just be say that okay i'm a survivor and that's it you want people to thrive after that and it's nice it's it's pretty interesting too because uh in the first book like i had um family members contribute essays and Mm -hmm. in the second book i had a lot of my cancer survivor friends Mm -hmm. submit essays as well so Mm -hmm. you know you can kind of get their 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 um their perspectives on everything and I ask them to tell their stories mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. it, it's a very interesting uh you know perspective on things mm-hmm. gotcha and, and not many people can have that um platform avenue to share their experiences and and this would be a, a good uh what do you call this book to share to you know to your patients or to you to to uh, any physical therapist to know more about what their patients may be going through. All right. So, uh, Eric, thank you for coming over to the the podcast and, and sharing to us your experience um, being a physical therapist and being uh, a patient, then an advocate for, for, for everyone who's gone through that experience. And uh, thank you also for sharing us your, your books that, uh, our audience can uh, look at they they're available in Amazon, uh, Kindle and paperback. I think right. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. All right, but before I let you go, um, I have my last three questions for you, which I usually close with all my interviews. Um, my first last bite, my last, uh, my first last question. Um, what's your recipe for success? Success, uh, perseverance, like. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard things come at you, like as long as you persevere and just stick with it, you know, you, you can still accomplish anything. You can accomplish something. It might not be quite what you're looking for in the end, but, you know, you you move forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Just don't say so. <laughs> just persevere. Right. Um, the second uh, last bite is what do we need to do? Uh, to move the the profession forward well you know honestly i I think um actually i'm kind of addressing this in uh the apta uh 
oncology balance and fall seg no. i think we need to you know reach out out to the community more i, th- mm-hmm. I think that you know, a lot of people still don't know what physical therapy does. That's true. So I think we, there needs to be more outreach and more, more community outreach and more, more visible physical therapists doing things out in the community. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there, there are good therapists that get a lot of referrals from physicians, but I want there to be great physical therapists out there doing stuff and treating patients. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's going to take a lot more effort. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to reach outside of our uh, professional comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I agree with that. I mean, it's far too common that people would say that physical therapists are not known or not marketed as other professionals. You know, if you know, if you know you have a, a problem with your foot, go to a podiatrist. If you have a problem with your teeth, go to a dentist. But where, you know, where does physical therapy come in? You know, not yeah. many people know that we can do a lot. So, yeah, I agree with you with that. Um, and my last bite is, what are the three ingredients? Uh, it can be a, a, a quote, a statement, a quality, a virtue that you carry with you each and every day of your life. Or in short, what are the three things essential to uh, or that make up Eric Galvez? That's a really great question. Um, I guess first off, I would just have to say that you know there's always a way. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to you have to persevere, and you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. There's a way to do anything. You know, you just have to figure out what that way is. Mm-hmm. You know, and second is just perseverance. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need you need to keep uh, working at something to make it successful. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. You know, a lot of people just, you know, give up after the first the first time they fail. You know, I think if you just persevere, you know, that mm-hmm. that's something that that's extremely important. I think that perseverance is a key ingredient in everything. And the last thing I would say is don't don't be scared to try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, like when I was going through my rehab, I tried uh hippotherapy i tried aquatic therapy i tried i tried yoga Uh so like i i tried a lot of different things i mean you you can't be scared of 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 trying new things Uh uh-huh you you might open your eyes up to something so Mm -hmm. so you did try a lot like i like hippotherapy trading on courses yeah gotcha so yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, sure. the hippotherapy. Uh-huh. I, I found out I don't like horses, <laughs> so you know, can scratch that one off. <laughs> but yeah, the little kids, I think it, it works great, but for me, not my thing. So, uh-huh. I, I read about that even before physical therapy school because we were doing, uh, I don't know, a report in English or something, and I, and I saw hippotherapy promotes relaxation for uh kids with spasticity yeah. because of the like the moving uh yeah. motion of the the, okay. the horse <laughs> yeah yeah you didn't, you didn't enjoy that <laughs> was it was it relaxing <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't relaxing number one it, they, they they smell <laughs> oh so it's That's like I, I couldn't relax you uh-huh. know i just like, i don't want to fall off you know uh-huh. so but, uh, yeah, yeah, not, not for me. 
<laughs> kids enjoy it more because big animal. <laughs> that's, it. Exactly. that's what they see. All right. Yeah. So I like your last bites. There's always a way, perseverance, and don't be scared to try new things. So there's always hope and and a way to solve problems. Yeah. All right. Um, if uh, I know anyone is uh you know listening to watching us in this podcast and they wanted to reach out to you, uh, how can they reach you? Well, I'm pretty active on social media. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, I'm just figuring out. And TikTok, I am just starting to figure that out. Oh, you have um, a TikTok, Doug? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm still learning, but uh-huh. you know, I, I, I do understand it's more for the kids. But <laughs> I thought I'd give it a try. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Figuring and you're still out. active in your YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Are you still continuing your blog? Because I think that's where I first uh, read about your story. Uh, honestly, not really. I've, not I've been experimenting with uh, YouTube and uh, video blogging. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that more frequently. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think I've been, I, I don't think I've posted a blog in mm-hmm. in a very long time. Wow. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Again, Eric, thank you very much for coming to the podcast. Um, as a takeaway to our audience, they are our listeners and our viewers. What is that one thing that you want them to carry yet to their you know, practice once they come into their work that come in hearing us uh, talk about your experience? Well, the, the biggest thing for me is that, you know, you, you got to understand that, you know, the patient that you're seeing is not just you know, a total knee or a total hip or, a, you know, a, a you know, a, a back patient, you know, that there's a, there's a human being there, you know, mm-hmm. and if they're acting like a jerk, there's probably a reason for that. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of like dissect, you know, why they're doing things, why, why they're acting a certain way, but you got to remember that they're probably just having a bad day and everyone's, everyone's human. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really, I can't stress enough. Like I think uh, PTs, OTs do a really good job with this, mm-hmm. but we develop relationships with our uh, patients. And uh, I think that honestly, I think that's what se- separates us from everyone else. You know, we, we developed that rapport. Mm-hmm. Right. We get to really know our patients yeah. to be able to provide that quality care that they, that they deserve. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Eric. Thank you very much, everyone, to uh, uh, listen and watch us in this episode. Catch our next episodes. And uh, make sure to you know send Eric your support <laughs> in his social media. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a good day. Thanks. Thank you for listening to PT Meal Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, Please follow the podcast's social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Share the episodes you're listening to or episodes you love to listen to so that the message can reach more people. Also, if you have anything to share with everyone about the profession or your practice, do contact me and we can work something out. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, questions about the show or the guests, Uh, of the show you can reach me through all the podcast social media accounts or through the website www.ptmealpodcast.com or through email at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com all right 
Looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Just a reminder, folks, the podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. The show strives to keep all information true and correct, but humans sometimes make mistakes. Factual errors may be present, so we encourage the listeners to do their own research on the featured topics as well. Now, let's go back to the show.